0: Hi, this is Danielle, the head of Lyft Labs, and I'm so excited about the 2020 class of the Lyft Labs Accelerator powered by Techstars. We're now accepting applications from connectivity, media, and entertainment startups who want unmatched access to mentors from across Comcast, NBC Universal, and Sky, as well as the Techstars global network. If you want to join us for the 2020 class in Philadelphia, visit the Lyft Labs website and apply now. From Comcast NBC Universal Lift Labs, it's Ideas Elevated, the podcast that elevates innovative entrepreneurs and their ideas. I'm Danielle Kahn, the head of Lift Labs, and today we're sitting down with Zaza. Zaza is the CEO and co founder of Nickel, a software company focused on making it easy to access quality news and information. Nickel was one of the 11 companies that successfully completed the Lift Labs Accelerator in the summer of 2019. In this episode, Zaza will share what that experience was like for him and growing his company. You'll hear about how before Nickel, Zaza was director of the international division at Huffington Post, and how the lessons he learned while expanding a global media company inspired him to launch a startup of his own. And Zaza will share tips for any entrepreneur who's considering applying for an accelerator program, especially those who are thinking of applying to the next class of the Comcast NBC Universal Lift Labs Accelerator powered by Techstars. My chat with Zaza is now on Ideas Elevated. We're so excited to have you here, Zaza. Welcome. Thank
1: you, appreciate it. Great to be here.
0: Yeah. Tell us about Nickel Pass.
1: So, Nickel Pass aims to solve something that you've probably seen before, and most people have seen. Anytime someone, a friend, colleague, family member shares a link to an article, a news article, and you wanna read it, you scroll down and boom, you're you're hit with a pop-up, a paywall that says pay for the full site. With the nickel pass, you pay us and with one account, you never see those again. And what we do is we sell the pass to businesses that need information to be successful. And not only do they get this amazing feature so that it speeds up work time, uh, we get them discounts of up to 80% off the retail price.
0: Great. It's it's a great deal. So you graduated from Harvard with a degree in government. Yeah. You then landed at Huffington Post. You worked directly with Arianna Huffington. How did you get there, and what was it like to work with Arianna? yeah
1: um i actually got to having to post in a little bit of a circuitous route i started my career actually in government so in economic development my my first job was for cory booker when he was mayor of newark which is really cool got the job through him i just yelled at him at an event he was leaving i said hey i'm from newark He was like who said that, I said, I said that. <laughs> so he, he gives me a hug in very cory booker fashion And I was like, hey, I was born and raised in Newark. Can I come work for you this summer? And he said, yes. And uh, I actually thought my my future was going to be in economic development, in urban redevelopment, and liked it a lot, but thought I just wanted to see more of the world before I committed. Went to consulting, met a very good friend who went on to be Ariana's chief of staff. After that, I went to a startup that sold software to local governments. And at that time, that friend was building a team. He was like, hey, we're gonna work directly with Ariane Huffington. I know you're running BD for 20 states. How about running BD for 10 countries? We're expanding HuffPost globally. So I was afraid, but uh, you know, I remember talking to friends and family and took the leap. And it was easily the most um, important thing of my career that I've done. It was so incredibly fun but so hard. Uh, Ariana Huffington really is just a a world-class entrepreneur. And what she does is she gives you a goal, go launch Huffington Post in India. She gives you a timeline. You have six months and I'm going to be in Delhi and I'm going to shake hands and kiss babies and the site's got to be ready and you have to have a full team. Uh, Gives you a budget and says, go. And so if you are 24, 25, 26, it's really a formative experience where you basically become an entrepreneur working on the inside of a big organization. So That's exciting. Uh, really laid the foundation of, of what I'm doing today.
0: And what did you learn uh, working at Huffington about the economics of modern news Yeah, and the business of, of how news is delivered?
1: The, the thing that I learned is that the digital business looks really big, but isn't sustainable just yet and so huffington post was reaching at the time something like 200 million people a month and we had a billion page views i mean just something that was really astronomical and at the time i started getting involved with some of the us numbers and we learned that the company was not profitable and if you you know this is all public information but huffpost like a lot of other big digital media companies had focused on scale, but hadn't really figured out a way to convert ads to dollars. And when you actually look deeper at the numbers, 1% of that 200 million was driving a third of all those page views. So you had people that were reading HuffPost morning, afternoon, and night, sending it to their friends on the app. And I was like, you know, this is, this is clearly an opportunity. We need to super serve these people. We need to hug them, give them a nap, charge, it, charge for it a dollar a month. And we'll get in the black, but it's a lot of tech work to do that. And I remember the CTO saying very, very vividly, he said, Z, if I take an engineer off of our ad business and we lose any money, I'll lose my job. And I started talking to other media companies and it was the same story. I don't have enough resources. I get that that's the future, but this transition digital, we're just trying to stay afloat and we're doing the best that we can, but we cannot do something innovative that might actually solve the problem in the long run.
0: Did Huffington Post start as a subscription or was there a paywall? And I'm trying to make the transition between how you became obsessed with paywalls and Huffington. So
1: Huffington Post did not have a paywall. And a lot of news companies like BuzzFeed did not have a paywall. Mashable did not have a paywall. The New York Times had just really started efforts to get people to subscribe. and. I said, well, I'm going to make a paywall. That was how I got obsessed with paywalls. I said, I'm going to make an easy one so that not only Huffington Post can use, but really small creators, local freelance writers can also use this paywall to even if you got 10,000 people to pay you a dollar a month, that's that's enough to live on for a journalist. So I wanted to create something that was really scalable, really flexible and uh, would work for publishers of all sizes. And so, you know, that's how I took that 1% driving, you know, a third of the page views and then jumped into paywall land and focused on it (laughs) uh, for, for a year and a half.
0: And how big is the paywall problem? Like how big is this market? what's driving you every day you know this is a big this is a big problem um it's a big pain point for a lot of people cuz you get to the paywall and you're like oh, I don't need that information and interestingly because we're going through the issues right now with coronavirus lots of people are pulling down paywalls for general information which is i think like a really interesting time for paywalls and giving people the information that they need so talk about how big this issue is and You know, why are you so excited about solving it?
1: Yeah, so I'll start with um, the vision, which is what gets me up every day and excites the team. We've always thought that the world should be a place where uh, with one account, with one payment, you should get access to every and any news that you need and also the way you need it. So if you need to read news, if you need to listen to news on your smart speaker, if you need to get it to your car, you should be able to do that and it shouldn't have any friction at all that would be a $72 billion industry um, that that would literally give everyone access to everything. It would be roughly the size of the ad market. And that's not saying no ads. You can have premium ads, you can have premium placement. So you would essentially double the size of the digital advertising in- industry. So that on the business side gets us excited. Uh, when we think about that actual control that we want to have people uh, receive, um, That that's really what sort of guided the product thus far. I uh, want it to be really simple. You know, right now, it's a, it's a Chrome extension for people at work. And that alone, we've seen as just an even bigger opportunity because people at work don't just need news, they need information. So research reports, they need data, and the product also works with data sites. Uh, they need one-off, really deep analysis. Those are the types of things that we're starting to see sort of align with uh, the product that we're creating. So paywalls are really... The entry point to thinking about how do we get people the information that they need easily, uh, which is really what, what excites us. But, you know, as a startup, you got to pick one thing and be really good at it. So that's that's why we picked Paywalls.
0: And when did you know that it was the right time to apply to an accelerator program? You were selected in the end, but when did you know that it was the right time to apply? And I guess this would have been more than a year ago, right? So more than a year ago, right about now, you were deciding whether or not to apply to accelerators. And so take us through that journey. What was the turning point for you?
1: And the journey, oh boy. So to all the founders out there, I feel your pain. Uh, Shoot your shot, even when you think you're not ready. Um, That's the advice I can give. But the journey for us was actually very interesting. So I took this paywall to market and we got a lot of interest from publishers, but no interest from consumers. No one wants to pay through a paywall. It's not a great experience. And that really impacted our numbers. But I knew there was something there because we had had 80 publishers agree to use the product. We had had name brands sign on to say they want to be, you know, anchor clients, uh, LA Times really specifically, um, which I'm very thankful to Josh and team for that. But we hadn't quite figured out what I think people would call product market fit, which really you kind of discover when people are just like, I want the product, I want the product, and you don't really have enough capacity to meet it. And so that's really when we, when we knew it was the right time. We had had technology, we had had publishers, we, we knew the vision was, was massive, we knew that the business could be big, but it was just time for that next big step into becoming a real business.
0: And then what made you apply to the Comcast NBCU Lift Labs Accelerator and talk to us about, you know, what made you apply and then what you think that the benefits have been so far of the program?
1: It's interesting because I think there's, there's some surface level stuff and then there's some, some reasons that are deeper. And I, I think the surface level, you're like, okay, we're in media. You know, this program's in media. It makes sense. And uh, they're in Philly. It's great. I'm in Brooklyn. I can kind of commute down. But then we started talking to folks. And I remember my interview uh, with folks on the team with Monique, uh, talking to KJ, talking to Fielding. And I was like, whoa, these people are great. It It would be really amazing to work with these people day in and day out on our product. And when we thought about really what we were doing and we looked at the cable business we said oh okay there's some analogies here you are you are aligning all of the different media companies on the cable side you're giving people one destination point in terms of access and we thought to ourselves there's a lot to learn from these folks this isn't just about you know the money this isn't just about the connection to amazon resources and things like that that this is really learning from the experts and then on top of that being like these people are just amazing to work with. It, it made it a no-brainer in terms of wanting to get in. You know, like we couldn't control whether or not we got in, but but we knew we wanted
0: it. So you go a year later now. Uh, you went through the program. What were the benefits of going through the accelerator program? What did you get that you knew that it would be really hard to uh, attain on your own if you had not done an accelerator?
1: There's a couple of things that come to mind. The two big ones are focus because of the pressure, the the immense pressure of being an accelerator for 12 weeks, where you know you have an endpoint and you know you have to go on stage in front of hundreds of people and talk about your business. There's, there's nothing like that that will really cause you and your team to focus. Um, so that's the first thing. The second thing, and this is something I'm thankful for every day, you have some of the smartest people in the industry thinking about your business. And when I think about Jess Sance, I think about Pink Patel, I think about Stephen Helper, even Phil Sampona, who sat with us even when we were just starting to think about what the business model could be. You just have all of these world-class minds giving you ideas and advice for free, you know, just because, because, oh yeah, you're, you're one of us right now. What do you mean? Of course you get help. And, you know, I remember sitting down uh, with you and Luke and Monique and trying to figure out like, okay, who do we talk to? Who's the right person? Those are all conversations that you would want to have for any other big company that you're selling into. So to have that guiding hand help you figure that out so early in a company's life is really invaluable. Those are just a few of the things that come to mind um, in terms of like
0: Yeah. And there's been a lot of interest in your company from people all over the company, You know, everyone I think early on when we were sitting down with some of the finance teams just to understand how big of a problem this is how much is being spent and then others in the ad space who have you know sort of thought about this but not necessarily jumped in and, and tried to solve it so it's it's always fun for us on the inside to also see like which business leaders are really interested in what, in solving what pain points. And a lot of times it's completely outside of their quote day job, but it's something that impacts them every day. I remember early on the way that you had pitched it to us originally was that you were gonna sign up individual news customers, that was your goal. And then very quickly in the beginning stages of the accelerator um, through the advice and um, business modeling, you decided to make a pivot. Just talk about that moment And the value of getting there pretty quickly.
1: And you bring up something interesting, which is a very, it was almost like a a pass away conversation. But in retrospect, it was really big talking to folks in finance that were like, you know, we really don't have a handle on what we're paying for news and information. It's probably six, seven figures. That's our estimate. But. Like We know based on the charges, but I couldn't tell you specifically who has access to what. I couldn't tell you who's using it. I couldn't tell you what things make people more effective. And we said to ourselves, wait a minute, we can do that. We were we were going to give people, consumers that information. Oh, but it, it actually makes more sense to give businesses that information because they're looking for ROI for everything. And there should be that for news and information. And so when we discovered that, we knew that they're, they're really was and had to be an enterprise component and we, we still had both on the table you know should we do consumer should we do enterprise and then we started doing customer interviews internally and what we saw is that people were suffering from that paywall problem all the time and it was it was like a silent problem when you talk to me about they were like oh I just grit and bear it that was that was the phrase we heard quite a bit oh, I just grit and bear it I can't read it and I I don't want to tell someone that I can't read it because I don't want to ask for like, you know, 12 bucks on my corporate card. But I also don't want to ask for it from my team, because maybe we have access for access through it somewhere else. And maybe I'm just the person who I should be doing something to get around the paywall. So everyone felt almost this weird embarrassment about bringing it up because they felt like they were doing something wrong. And we're like, no, 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 it's okay. Like, actually, this is a problem that other people are facing as well. And if you raise your hand and you say, yes, I want this solved, it helps us solve this for you. And and once that happened in conjunction with knowing how much is being spent, and there wasn't any visibility. We just knew that focusing on this uh, was the right decision.
0: Nickel Pass is now offered on our total rewards platform, which means that any Comcast NBC Universal employees can go on and buy the Nickel Pass at our sort of bulk rate, I guess we'll call it, our special rate, which is a great, a great perk. That was a, a great deal. I think that was like one of the first deals that came out of this class or last class um, for the accelerator, which was really exciting. What traction have you seen since the accelerator ended both at Comcast, but outside of that? And can you talk about the importance of getting that first customer?
1: This is sort of like just startup lessons. So we got so much interest for the Nickel Pass after after demo day, we had to redo our site. So that was like the first thing. We're like, oh, wait, like we actually need a way to capture all of this interest and get folks information and understand what newspapers and publications they want. You know, we probably have seen anywhere from 2,000 to 3,000 just Nickel pass requests with like here are the news publications that I need in terms of uh, buying a nickel pass for my team, which has just been amazing because six months ago that was that was zero. We just had like a standard pass that we were you know sending around. And so right now, really we're just focused on meeting that demand. And so uh, that program has been great for us because it's not only offered to Comcast employees but their family members as well. And because of that, we've gotten inbound from other companies in the Philadelphia area. So for us, it just sort of snowballed into all of this interest, which if you talk to the team, that's like the thing that we're worried uh, about, like scaling, scaling up as all startups do. But it's such an amazing problem to really wrestle with, which is so different than the problem we had when we came in, the problem we had coming in was like, does anyone want this product? And now it's like, okay, everyone wants this product. We need to ship it in a certain way. These are the publishers that we need. We need to develop mobile next. And it, it really has reminded me of some of the most exciting times I had at Huffington Post, which was really just a blessing. That's
0: so great. Um, so one of the highlights of your story, at least from our perspective, is we are based in Philadelphia. Comcast is headquartered here. And that is where Lyft Labs Philadelphia is. So the class actually spends the summer from July to October in Philadelphia in the, in the amazing Comcast Technology Center. And one of our sub subliminal messages is what a great city Philadelphia is, and we do hope that people fall in love with our city. And you did. <laughs> and can you talk about you uh, you know the news that you have on, on where you used to be based and where you're based now?
1: so we we used to be based in brooklyn uh we're based in philadelphia now and we we made that decision quite early in the program from from what i remember (laughs) it was like it was like week four we're like oh what are you talking about we're staying here why why would we go back like you know we didn't we didn't need that much selling we walked around and uh, we heard the subliminal message and we were like you guys should be shouting about this from the mountaintops this place is amazing so um yeah, it's really been amazing to be here.
0: Well, thank you for joining. I think we've got a great startup community here. We also know that companies and founders do go back to where they live, be it Brooklyn or Chicago or Toronto or other parts of the world. But we're we're all awfully excited when startups continue to grow around our company here. You have recently been hiring, and you 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 actually still use Lyft Labs as your home base and your office. Can you just talk about like? what you're looking for in your early team and uh, what it's like to build a business in Philadelphia.
1: So, you know, when we hire, obviously, you know, we're looking for expertise around the role, but really looking for enthusiasm about the vision and and the mission of what we're trying to do. So obviously there's a big business to be built here, but the purpose of that business is to save and support journalism. And you've really got to lean into that and especially in a time like this where information is important, um, and we need to get quality news to folks, no matter where they are. So and anyone who really wants that, we, we wanna talk to. So that's, that's the first thing. We, as a team, really appreciate team players. And I think that that term gets tossed around a lot, but the way I think about it is, folks who will do the work that no one wants to do, even when no one's looking, folks that will help someone else, even if it's not a part of their job description, folks that are just great to work with, people that, you know, will pick up the phone when you need something on the weekend. And, and it might not be a work thing. It might be just, I just need help. So, um, and, and that's the culture that's really building. And we want to pay attention to that and really emphasize it. And then in terms of building it here in Philly, the thing that we've noticed is that you just got to get people down here. When when you, you send an email and you say, hey, we're based in Philly, people are like, oh, okay. I, it's, is that four hours away from New York? You're like, no, not at all. It's, it's an hour and a half. You know, we'll, we'll get your train. And they come down here and they come into the train station and they make that amazing walk and they come to the Comcast Center and they go to the top and they see that amazing view and they see what the city has to offer just from the sky. And they're like, okay, yeah, I'm in. So uh it, it's really been amazing to be um part of the program in the building, affiliated with Comcast. Um so that's been a wonderful help in just in terms of uh having folks join the team.
0: Well, we're gonna wrap it up with just a few quick uh fire, rapid fire oh boy. tips and tricks I'm gonna throw at you. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so it's basically like one word answers. If you can do that, Zaza. Okay, okay. <laughs> um from New York to Philadelphia. What do you prefer, chopped cheese or cheesesteak? Cheesesteak. Italian ice or water ice? Where they say water ice, I just don't say it that way.
1: Ooh, you know, Italian ice.
0: Okay, Broad Street Line or L Train?
1: Broad Street, for sure.
0: What is a founder's role, first and foremost? Own the company vision or motivate the team?
1: Good one, motivate the team, because you can collectively own the vision.
0: Love it, and finally, what is one piece of advice that you would give to a founder right now deciding whether or not to apply to our accelerator this summer in Philadelphia?
1: Do it now.
0: Great. Zaza from Nickel Pass, thank you so much for joining us here at the Ideas Elevated podcast, part of Comcast, NBC, Universal, Lift Labs. And until next time.
1: Until next time. Thank you so Thanks, much, Danielle. Zaza.
0: This has been Ideas Elevated from Comcast NBC Universal Lift Labs. If you'd like to be a part of the Comcast NBC Universal Lift Labs accelerator powered by Techstars, head to comcastnbculift.com or check out the show notes and apply today. Ideas Elevated is a Q9 production. This episode was produced by Kevin Schmidlin, with editing by Max Graham and theme music by The Last Generation on film. From Lift Labs, I'm Danielle Kahn. Until next time,